again. Let's pray. Let's believe God as we get into part two of our series today. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have to study your word. Our hearts are really prepared. What a beautiful presence of the Lord in this room today. Wow. We sense your presence. There's nothing like gathering together, being assembled together, worshiping God as a family, as a body, as a community. My Lord, we, we, we know that you are definitely here today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for visiting us today. It's never for without a purpose and a reason. And so we thank you for encouraging our hearts today through your word. Thank you for challenging us. Thank you for growing us. Thank you for helping us to be the best that we can be for your honor and for your glory. And Father, we thank you that no season, no past, no future is going to define us. Your word tells us who we are, and we believe, Lord, your word is our final authority, not our circumstance, not our season, not, not the news, not what's going on around us, but your word that comes alive in us. So help us to relate to your word today more than our surroundings, more than our feelings, for your honor and for your glory. And all of God's people said... Amen. So again, welcome today to part two in our series entitled Awaken. Awaken. The purpose of the series Awaken is to help you, inspire you to come alive spiritually. It's to be in that place that if you find yourself asleep, that whatever is asleep in you wakes up. Whatever seems dead in you comes alive. Where there seems to be a, a stony heart of selfishness or complacency, I believe is being replaced and will be replaced with a heart of faith and commitment to God and his plan for our lives. Let's go over this definition of the word awaken. I believe it really helps us to understand the purpose of the series. The word awaken means to rouse from sleep, to wake up, to become suddenly aware of something. And I believe that's exactly what God is trying to do in this season. It's been a difficult season. You know, when my alarm went off this morning, it went off for a reason. It, did, it went off not just to say there was more noise, but, but there was a purpose to that alarm going off. And that purpose was the, to wake me up, to turn the light on, get out of bed, get ready, get whatever I do here on a Sunday morning to prepare to minister God's word. You know, alarms go off for a reason. When the fire alarm goes off, it's for a reason, right? When the smoke alarm goes off, it's for a reason. When the car alarm goes off, it's for a reason, right? And so we, we know that and we, we believe that. And we need to understand when the alarm is going off right now, when the Spirit of God is sounding the alarm in the church, sounding the alarm in our nation, it's for a reason. It's not for us to roll over and go back to sleep. It's not for us to keep pressing the snooze button. It's there for a reason. Amen. So what is the reason? What is the reason the alarm is waking, is sounding? What's the reason for you? What's going on in your life that God wants to do in your life? And we said this season, this series is really preparation to end this year strong. I don't know about you, but I'm ending this year strong. I'm not limping into the 2021. Amen. I believe with all my heart that this series is, is meant to prepare our hearts so that we can be really, to the best of our ability, run with purpose and vision next year. And I believe God has so much he wants to do on our behalf, and he's wanting us to wake up from the things that are going on in our lives. Over the last eight months, we have been inundated by more information than we want. 
more information from political pundits, from disease experts, right? Uh, we have heard more information, so much so that our, our brains are on overload. We can't handle any more information. And that's just so true. And one of the things that happens when we feel overloaded is the, the words, all the, the, the stuff around us becomes white noise, right? White noise. And it's so hard to hear clearly during that kind of season. One or two things happen when our brains get overloaded and we don't have the brain power, the emotional energy or the, the, the mental bandwidth Lord, to, you know, to, to make certain decisions. And so what happens is we don't make any decisions. We just kind of go with the flow, right? Whatever the dominant flow is, we kind of flow with the, with the current of, of, of what's going on. Or the second thing that happens is we begin to make decisions based on our feelings and our emotions instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. So today, I want to sound the alarm today, and I want to sound the alarm to, for us to wake up uh, regarding our partnership with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our partnership with the Holy Spirit. I believe this is going to help you today. All right, what do you do? Here's our big takeaway. Here's our main purpose. The Holy Spirit wants to be your partner every day. Say every day. Yes. Helping you live beyond your feelings and emotions into a life of faith and confidence. I like that. Thank God he's our partner every day. Amen. Our partner every day. And what happens is we have to be careful that in the midst of everything else that we don't become so self-sufficient, that we don't become so um, control or try to control every area of our lives because so much is out of our control that we forget about this amazing partnership we have with the Holy Spirit. Great place to start is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Verse 16 says, I will ask the Father, Jesus speaking here, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Now, there, there are so many possible translations to this word helper today. And this word helper is a very important word. It's the Greek word parakletos, and it's a great word because it conveys so many wonderful meanings of what the Holy Spirit's job assignment really is. Um, one of the ones that I like and, and, and that I feel is very accurate is, I will pray to the Father, and He will give you another coach. And I want to emphasize that word coach today, because I believe He so wants to coach you in every arena of your life. Let's put the word coach in context as we picture ourselves as one of the disciples who eyewitnessed Jesus in his ascension back to heaven. I'm sure as they were looking up to heaven as Jesus was being uh, transcended and he was ascending up to heaven, I'm sure they thought more of, of all the opportunities they had to walk with Jesus over the last three years of his life. And I'm sure thinking about how Jesus was always there for them. Jesus has been their leader, their teacher, their mentor, um, their prophet, their miracle worker, their healer, their, their pastor, their Lord. I mean, you name it, Jesus has been that for them. He's helped them every step along the way. They're doing what they're doing because Jesus 
taught them and showed them and guided them along the way. He, had, he was the center of their life and the focal point of their attention. And so for, for three years, they carefully followed his orders and, and, and walked out his instructions, and they benefited from it. They were in that place where Jesus had been their coach, and suddenly now he's gone. He's gone. Who, who would direct them now? Who would guide them now? Who would show them how to pray now? Who would help them um, to deal with people, to deal with issues in their lives? And who would lead them as Jesus led them? And who would coach them in all their daily decisions? See, we're all kind of in that same predicament, aren't we? We're in that same place that we, you know, we can't make an appointment with Jesus. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, we can't in prayer, obviously, right? But, but we're in that same predicament. We're in that same place when Jesus ascended to heaven. We don't have a physical Jesus to turn to, to ask questions, to seek for advice, to get counsel. Of course, thank God we have the benefit of God's word and the benefit of the, the overall picture uh, of, of our lives, major areas of our lives. But however, such specific details on what job to take and, and who to marry and what school to go to and all the important details of our lives. You know, we, don't, we can't arrange a, a meeting with Jesus face to face and ask him these very important questions. But John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, Jesus said. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Wow. See, it's to our advantage. It's to our advantage. We're saying, look, I you might not get it right now, disciples. You might not get it because of, of how new and fresh this is of, of me leaving. But you must understand, it's to your advantage that I go. And we have to understand in our lives, it's to our advantage that we have partnership with the Holy Spirit. I find so many Christians living on their own, so many Christians kind of sleepwalking, so many Christians doing their own thing and not benefiting from the advantage the Holy Spirit wants to give you. You have an advantage. Amen. It's to your best interest that Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came. I can have a one-on-one -on -one, uh, experience with Jesus, but I can, but the Holy Spirit at one time. See, the Holy Spirit, he doesn't need to eat. He doesn't need to sleep, right? He carries on millions of conversations with millions of people all at the same time. That's powerful. That's an amazing thing to know. That is our advantage. Would you agree? At one time, all of us could ask for wisdom and counsel about the same thing, about everything, kind of you name it, everything different. At the same time, the Spirit of God can give us understanding and insight and, and give us counsel, give us wisdom beyond our years, beyond our education, beyond our abilities, beyond our experience. That's our advantage. And I want to make sure you're taking advantage of your advantage that you are not sleepwalking, that you are not trying to do all this on your own. Life is challenging as it is, let alone add the last eight months, right? We need this. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. More than ever, as this new year rolls around, we are going to need more than ever um, this power and this authority. Think about it. The early church was comprised of, of, of mainly pagans, 
And they, they knew nothing. Nevertheless, their, their ignorance didn't hinder them from finding their place in Christ um, and making a difference in their world. And what made the difference was the power of the Holy Spirit. Taking normal, everyday people, people that had no advantage spiritually, people had no understanding spiritually, people that weren't on the same page, right? They're off, um, you know, worshiping pagan gods, and God used them by His Spirit to train them and equip them and to turn them into this mighty force, right? And that's what God continues desires to do. Take us, amen. And that's the good news that the Holy Spirit desires to uh, teach us and show us if we'll just listen, um, if we'll just understand we have an advantage. And why wouldn't we take advantage of our advantage? Amen. Three areas we need to wake up in. Three areas that need to be awakened in us when it comes to our partnership with the Holy Spirit. Number one, we need to learn to cooperate with Him. We need to learn to cooperate with Him. See, cooperation is the beginning of partnership with the Holy Spirit. There can be no partnership without cooperation. Amen. Many people have known the Lord for years, and that's wonderful. But what that also means is that many for years have had the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them and never understanding His role, never understanding how to, how to tap into His ability. Man, thank God we're on our way to heaven, but wouldn't it would be good to have this divine coach coaching us through life instead of bumping along and, and, and walking in our sleep and, and making mistake after mistake after mistake? Man, wouldn't it be great to know Man, we as believers, yes, we're forgiven on our way to heaven, but man, there's so much more available to us. Years ago while I was praying, you know, I'm not a night dreamer, at least none that makes sense. Um, and right, anybody have night dreams that make no sense whatsoever? Yes, look at me, thumbs up, yeah, whatever, right? So yeah, I'm, I'm one of those kind of dreamers. But, and, and, and so I've had friends that are night dreamers, and they, they, they have dreams that mean some, something significant. And I was complaining to the Lord about that one time. You know, how come it's, I don't have night dreams? And really what the Lord showed me is I'm a, I'm a daydreamer. And not just the kind that looks out the window and does nothing. But I really, in times of prayer or times of being quiet, I, I, I daydream. I, I see things and, and can understand things. And, and if, you've, if you know what I'm talking about, you, you, I'm not weird, but you, you just you, you understand how important that is. One time while praying, thinking about these things, I saw this big skyscraper. And the skyscraper went up beyond the clouds. You couldn't even see the top of it. And I realized that this skyscraper, how you know these things, that this was, this was our, our, our levels of growth in God. And as I walked into this beautiful building, there's this beautiful lobby. And this lobby was just as, as elegant and as sharp as can be and was so crowded with people. And it was kind of, I knew this was kind of the entryway, the entrance of those who gave their lives to Christ. But the more floors you go up, the less people were there because they didn't know how to access the various places in God to grow. The lobby was jam-packed, jam-packed full of believers, jam-packed full of people forgiven. But man, we were not growing in all that God had available to us. I want us to grow, don't you? 
I want us to be able to visit those places and get to those places of depth and growth in God. We need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit for that to happen. Amen. God wants you to know the Holy Spirit in a personal way and rely upon that relationship just like Jesus relied upon that relationship. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit's partnership, then guess what? You and I certainly need it as well. Amen. Remember I said the Holy Spirit is like a coach to us. And so what does a coach do? A coach teaches, advises, corrects, instructs, trains, tutors, guides, directs, and prepares you for your upcoming assignments. I think the reason why I enjoy that word coach so much is because during my years of playing team sports, I had some really great coaches. And a, a great coach can, can change everything for um, an athlete. Great coach can inspire, not only know his craft and know that particular sport, but be such an encourager and be such a person that directs and prepares the team or you for your individual sport or whatever it might be. Uh, if you are new at what you're doing, thank God the coach says, you know, you need a little bit more coaching to develop your confidence. And when you think about an athletic coach or you think about a vocal coach or an acting coach, man, they're there um, not to necessarily do it for you. The coach is not there to throw the ball for you. The coach is not there to make sure you're in the right mark or you're in the right dramatic moment in that, in that play or, or not there to sing the note for you, but they're there, what, to encourage you, to prepare you so you can throw that ball perfectly. So you can hit that note. So you can nail that scene in that particular area. A coach isn't the one who does it all for you, but, but make sure, helps you to make sure you are on target, right? So we need to cooperate. And it's like an apprentice on a new job. We have to carefully cooperate with the person who knows more than we do. The person who has the wisdom, the one who has the understanding to show us what's needed um, thank God the Holy Spirit will open our eyes and impress our mind in the right direction and, and help us to bring to us um, uh, all that we need to understand so that we can walk in God's highest and best. First John says this in First John uh, chapter 2. First John 2.27 says, But you have received the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. Let me stop right there. That's not suggesting that we don't receive counsel. That's not telling us that we don't listen to leaders. What it's telling us is if even in the absence of a leader or in the absence of a counselor, thank God you have the Holy Spirit that's there to guide you. He's there to teach you. He's there to show you, meaning you're never alone. Whether you have a pastor there or a friend there or a more mature person there or a teacher, it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to show you and guide you. It's not encouraging us to reject good instructions. It's just letting us know the Holy Spirit is there to teach us. That's good news. Amen? The second thing we need to be awakened to is the Holy Spirit can be trusted. Number two, the Holy Spirit can be trusted. Aren't you glad? 
Yes. You might think, well, wait a minute. I'm new to all this. I'm not sure about the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure about turning my life over to him to let him guide me. I I can't even see him. I've I've never met him in person. And I'm going to turn my life over to someone that I I don't know, I don't see, and fully surrender myself to his leadership. Well, what is my guarantee that the Holy Spirit will not mislead me or misguide me? Well, that's why Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. Three times in the Gospel of John, he, he emphasizes the Spirit of truth. John 16, 13, one of those verses says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. How many say, I need some of that? right? Who wouldn't want some of that? Who wouldn't want that spirit involved in your life? Of course you would. Absolutely you would. Jesus is saying you can trust the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He has not been sent to lead you down a wrong path. He's not been sent to set you up for failure. He's not been sent to to cause something evil or something devilish to happen in your life. No, he is the spirit of truth. Amen. Um, 1 John 2, 27 again says, let's go back to that, but you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. It goes on to say, for the spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. Wow. That's awesome. You can trust the Holy Spirit. Say, I can trust the Holy Spirit. You need to learn how to trust Him during these times. You need to wake up to the fact that He can be trusted in every area, in the smallest of decisions, to the biggest of decisions. He can be trusted. You can be sure when He puts something in your heart, it's right. You can be sure when an idea pops in your mind, it's the right idea. You can be sure when He nudges your, nudges your heart to do a certain something, Obviously, he knows more than you do. He knows what's around the bend. And if it's something of preparation or something, a warning or something, man, you need to know you can take that to the bank. Why? Because what he teaches you is true. It is not a lie. Wow. That's so good. And we need to open up our hearts to understand how true that really is. Jesus taught three chapters of this in chapter John, John 14, 15, and 16. Great chapters for you to read. And the Holy Spirit is helping the disciples alleviate all the fears of trusting him. And the bottom line is this. If we're going to move beyond our feelings and emotions and our fear of the unknown, all the uncertainty that's around us today, and experience real partnership, then we must learn to cooperate and trust the Holy Spirit. Amen. Learn to cooperate and trust the Holy Spirit. He's our heavenly coach. And the truth of the matter is, he's always trying to coach us. Whether you're listening or not, he's trying to coach you. Whether you're open to it or not, he's trying to coach you. 
Well, whether you're clueless or, or you're in the flow, he's always trying to coach us. He's always trying to guide us. He's always that still small voice where you have to quiet yourself and, and, and understand it's a quiet voice not to startle you. He doesn't scream in your ear, but man, he comes up close in that times of prayer and intimacy and he whispers and he tells us and he shows us and he guides us. Amen. That's so good today. Amen. So likewise, the Holy Spirit wants ultimate authority in your life. And for that to be true, you need to trust that authority. There needs to be some trust there. You don't just turn that ultimate authority just over to anybody, right? There has to be this relationship, and, and, and he can be trusted. Anything short will produce inferior results of not what you want, not the success and, and the good things that God has in store for you. Amen. Lastly, we need to be awakened. Number three, recognize I can't do this on my own. I can't do this on my own. If there's ever been a season where we've recognized that, it's the season we're in right now. Isn't that true? We can't do this on our own. Man, we so need this cooperation. We so need to trust him more than ever. Listen very carefully. Inadequacy should never be an excuse for a child of God. However, inadequacy definitely qualifies you for the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Inadequacy should never be an excuse. Um, the child of God, man, who we have this advantage living on the inside of us. The, in, the inadequacies, the self-doubts, the fears, man, they should never be an excuse for a child of God. But it does qualify us, thank God, for His help. Amen. I like that. The sooner we realize our inadequacies, the sooner we will be able to tap into the coaching the Holy Spirit desires to help us with. Feeling inadequate means the Holy Spirit must become our strengthener, our guide, our, our advocate, right? Our, our helper, the one who shows us things to come, helps us with our future. Inadequacies, though they overwhelm us, they don't overwhelm the Holy Spirit. In fact, when you, are, when you are honest about your inadequacies, it gets the Holy Spirit all excited because that's his job. That's why God sent him to help you with your inadequacies. Where do you feel inadequate? Where are those inadequacies mounting up? Where are they manifesting themselves? Where are all these self-doubts coming up? Well, that's where the Holy Spirit so wants to help you and come through for you and be in that place where He will continue to guide you and help you. Amen. Having a healthy marriage, guess what? That's overwhelming. You can feel inadequate. Am I in the right room? Right? Having healthy children that are well-adjusted and you don't screw them up. That's been my number one prayer in my life. Lord, I don't want to screw these kids up. Am I in the right room? I can't tell if you're happy with those masks on. Silly masks, right? Right? But isn't that true? It's overwhelming. It can be overwhelming being a parent. It can be overwhelming breaking free from unhealthy soul issues, building your own business. How about pastoring a growing church? Try that for a little bit, right? Talking about inadequacies. Talking about feeling inadequate, it's not a week that goes by that I don't feel inadequate about something, some kind of a drama that's going on in somebody's life or some disaster or some loss or some crazy thing. Talking about feeling inadequate, oh my Lord, for a task. 
Well, if you do, we, there's so many of us that absolutely feel those inadequacies. And we have to so rely upon the Holy Spirit and realize, I can't do this on my own. Amen. What a great place to be. When you finally come to the end of yourself, the Holy Spirit just begins. You want him to start in your life? Well, realize you are not God. It's above your pay grade. You don't play a good God anyways. And some of you have been trying for a lot of times. And you give up playing God, and then you go back to saying, I'm, I'm doing a terrible job. But somehow you end up going back being unqualified, and you think you are qualified to be God, and you're not. Right? You're not. Who died and left you, boss? Yes. Inadequacies. That's where... The Holy Spirit comes alive. And if you're not awakened to the partnership of the Holy Spirit, all you have is your inadequacies. All you have is your inability. All you have is kind of go through life to try to get, get by somehow and bump through life. That's not the way God wants you to live your life. Am I in the right room today? I've often wondered, let me close this today. I've often wondered how in the world did Jesus have the physical strength to minister to the multitudes of people without physically collapsing under the stress and the pressure of it all? When I began to realize my own pressure of being a pastor, and I began to, to realize my own physical inabilities and my mental capacity and my spiritual capacity and the bandwidth um, as church began to grow and a family and marriage and, and issues and so on and so forth. I mean, I, you start asking these kind of questions. How did Jesus do it? How did he, how did he handle this? Then as you begin to study the Bible, you begin to realize that Paul walked in. The apostle Paul walked in such amazing strength on all the ordeals, left for dead, beaten up, chased away, talking about rejection uh, and, and spreading the gospel. And how did he deal with all this without quitting and giving up? Ever thought about those things? I sure have. And there's no doubt that, 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 that however Jesus succeeded. However, Paul succeeded. If I could understand it, guess what? I could succeed too. I don't have to collapse under the pressure. I don't have to give in to stress. I don't have to burn out. I don't have to, to make stupid decisions and, and mess up my family and do all kinds of things. What is it? What's the key? What was it about the sustaining strength? And Paul gives us the answer. Philippians 1.19. He says, for I know that this will turn out for my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Wow. See, Paul was humble enough to realize, I can't do this without other people praying for me. I got to tell you, I can't do this without your prayers. I ask for my staff's prayers all the time. I ask for my wife's prayers all the time. And I need your prayers. Never needed your prayers more. So thank you for praying for me. Paul knew he needed the prayers of those that, that he mentored and loved and so forth. But then he talked about the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. What is that? What is that? Well, it's, it's really the, one of the keys to Paul's unbroken strength. The word supply is taken from a very ancient Greek word that actually means, look it up, actually means on behalf of the choir. It's actually where we get our English word choreography from. What an important word this is for us to understand. Let me explain this in greater detail. If you look up this story, if you look up the definition, several places I found this true story. 
about an ancient Greek um, drama team actors. They were vocal and drama. And they were preparing for one of the biggest productions of their production history. They were working hard, diligently, month after month after month, practicing their voices, practicing their acting, being on point, being in that place. They were going on the road. And they were, they were, this was the biggest thing that they had ever done before. Well, the day came where it was time to get the show on the road. Something very unexpected happened. They were ready to get the show on the road, and they realized that as they went forward to, to, to take this on the road, that they had run out of money, that they were broke. And as a company, they could not do what they were going to do. How disappointed they were. Man, they gave themselves so completely to this. They gave themselves so diligently to the practice of this. For months and months and months, they practiced. For months and months and months, they worked on this and got it down pat and went through all the various things. If you've ever been involved in in a play or acting, you know how challenging that is. And though they had given their lives to this production and committed themselves to succeed, they ran out of money. And this was a very unexpected dead end in their lives. Ever felt that way? Ever felt that you had given yourself so completely to that man? You gave yourself so completely to that woman? You gave yourself so completely to that business? You gave yourself so completely to that situation? Man, you committed yourself to it. You were dedicated. You were diligent. You improved yourself. You did all the things that you knew to do. You knew all the things that you wanted to make sure that you were not the problem, that you were not in the way, that you were so opening up your heart and so willing and wanting to succeed and wanting to make all this work and wanting to make family and business and health and all the challenges that we go through. You wanted to make it so work. And even though your desire was to fulfill it, it seemed like it was an absolute dead end. We all come to the place where we seem to have no more to give. Man, we're physically, emotionally spent. We're in that place, man, I don't know if I can love a little more. I don't know if I can how much more I can give and how much more forgiveness I can extend and how much more love and how much more patience can I have with this and how much, how much more can I do this? I don't know if I have the, the, the bandwidth any longer. And I'm, I'm not a person you might think that, that quits and gives up, but man, I'm, I'm really thinking about it. I'm really thinking, and I, I don't know how much farther I can go with this. I can tell you many times over 44 years of ministry, 39 years pastoring this church, I thought, man, I don't know if I'm the man for this job. I don't know if I can take this church to the next level. Maybe it's time for somebody else. You give everything you have, and you don't see the fruit that you're longing for. Whatever it is in your life, we've all been there. We've all understood this. In reality, this dead-end place, You've been, along, you've been around a long enough time. You realize this dentist's place was, was not the end, but it actually was the beginning. That moment of despair, when this troop was dispressed and gone to their separate places, thinking, man, we're never going to be able to do this, is when a true story, a wealthy man steps in. And this wealthy man was, was so impressed with their dedication. He heard their story he was so impressed with their commitment to make this thing work and, and to bring, you know, this enjoyment to, to the places that they were all planned on going to and the dates 
all set. And he gave this donation and he wrote on this donation, this contribution. He said, on behalf of the choir. In fact, the financial contribution was far more than they needed. So you may have come to a dead end in some personal area of your life. That, however, usually is the moment where we learn to really begin to how to live. Why? Because your setback becomes the stage set for your comeback. Amen. Say that again. Your setback becomes the stage set for your comeback. Amen. And when we have no more to give and when ministry and partnership of the Holy Spirit, you know, we seem so far away, but thank God the Holy Spirit in his partnership with us picks up all the broken pieces and, 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 and invests in us an overwhelming contribution of strength, amen, and ability on our behalf. He wants to come through for you on behalf of your family, on behalf of your marriage, on behalf of your children, on behalf of your health, on behalf of that business, on behalf of that dream in your heart that seems so dead, that seems so far away, on behalf of that broken heart, on behalf of that mind that is so overwhelmed and so ready to say, I don't have any more left in me. I've got nothing in me to be able to give anymore. And then the Holy Spirit, out of partnership, because you cooperated with him, because you trusted him, and because you said, I can't do this on my own anymore. And the Holy Spirit comes through for you. The verse of scripture that rose up in my heart for you this morning was Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion unto the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't you tell me that dream was not God. All the hours, all the money, all the time to improve yourself. Don't you dare quit on your dream. Don't you dare quit on that family. Don't you dare quit on that, that, those children. Don't you dare give up on that, that, that business. Don't you dare give up on the plan that you know God put something in your heart. You know it wasn't you. It's so much bigger than you. Besides, it's beyond you. It's not time to quit. It's a setup to your comeback. My wife and I, if you think about for 44 years, as I said, and 39 years of ministry, my goodness, the opportunities we had to say, will, will it work? Four years wondering if our marriage would succeed. Will we ever have children? Will we ever be able to Get this ministry off the ground? Will, will, will we ever get through a season where Verna came so close to death, will she ever get her health back? Will, will, will we ever be able to help IFC become the church that, that we see inside of our hearts that we might not necessarily see out here, but we see only in here? What do you do when you see the dream in here, but there's no evidence, evidence of it out here? You know you love that man in here, but... Man, you want to knock him in the head? And maybe you have. <laughs> right? You wonder, will these kids ever break out of this rebellion? Will they ever get off drugs? 
Will they ever come back home? Will they ever sit next to me in church again? You can think of an area. What area in your life where you have so done it for so long on your own that it's time this morning to start cooperating with him? It's time this morning to trust him, maybe again. So you're in that place where you got to realize, I can't do this. What area? Are there any area of your life where you can identify, oh my, have I been doing this on my own for so long? It's time for me to wake up out of my slumber and realize I need the power of the Holy Spirit. What needs to wake up in you today? What needs to come alive in you today? Where is it? What is it? Man, the Holy Spirit wants to start coaching you on what to say, what actions to take. He wants to come alongside and change that on your behalf, on behalf of your family, your marriage, your kids. Amen. Well, that production company went on. In ancient Greek, man, they, the Greece, they had an amazing reputation. It was all because of that one gift that sustained them and beyond the season of that production, they had so much money available to them. What does God want to do for you that will sustain you through this season and take you beyond this season into your comeback season in Jesus' name? Wow. Remember our big takeaway? What was it? The Holy Spirit wants to be your partner every day, helping you to live beyond your feelings and emotions into a life of faith and confidence. Wow. Can you stand to your feet today with me, please? In this beautiful presence of God, we don't need to clap. We just need to raise our hands. Will you do that with me if you can? And just in your own words, under your own breath, just say, oh, Holy Spirit, forgive me for not being in partnership with you. Forgive me for trying to do this on my own. I don't make a good head of household on my own. I don't make a good heart of my house as a wife on my own. I can't do this as a young adult on my own. I can't navigate this relationship on my own. How do I keep it holy? How do I keep it clean? How do I keep it honoring you before we get married? How do I, how do, I do this as a married woman and a married man that's been hurt and disappointed and I'm feeling emotionally drained. Oh, Father, help us. In the name of Jesus, we lift our hands and we surrender to your partnership. We wake up today. We cooperate with you and we trust you and we look to you and we admit to you today, I, I can't do this on my own. That's the best thing you could say right now. I, I can't do this on my own. That's the first step of the Holy Spirit's job description, his ministry to you to come alive and come through for you in Jesus' name.